Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain, and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and His plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow, and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that He has in store. What did you guys learn? What was like something that you learned in the past few weeks? Like what's been that, something that stuck out? I learned that you can't hear God's speaking to you unless you're listening. Mm, yeah, that's good. You have to be listening. That's good. And uh, I learned that when, it, that, and when he does give you that word, give it the way he gave it to you. Don't add anything. That's good. Man, so good. Anybody else? What was something that was maybe challenging? Quenching the Holy Spirit. Ooh, quenching the Holy Spirit. Here. Do you want to share more on that? Or? No. <laughs> no, that was, that, was, that was a challenging, yes, challenging for sure. Yeah, friend. Well, it helped me be more aware when I'm reading Scripture of what God says is prophetic. And for an example, I was reading Luke, and it said, And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. So just being aware of when they're prophesying what it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. For me, what was hard was discerning between what I already know and what the Lord is saying. No, absolutely. That was a good one. I think that, like, not looking at what we see, but like, Lord, how do I hear from your heart versus what I see now? That was such a good encouragement. Like, you know, I think, Lord, you'd shared, like, you know, again, like, look at, like, man, you're in drug addiction or you're this, and I see this part about you, and I know, I can tell by my eyes, but I'm not seeing what God's seeing. That's me seeing what I'm seeing. Like, okay, God, what are you saying? What do you see about them? How are you using? What, what, are you, what are you calling? Again, not confessing what we see visibly as sin, but like calling them into something else. It's like speaking life, drawing him in to say, Lord, we want to see repentance. It's, it was such a good thing. Did you have something? So the biggest thing that I guess was new to me was like finding the character of God and the words that he speaks. And it's not just... You know, whether it's a prophetic word or whether it's scripture, just how does that show God's love and the character? That really is something that I didn't look at before. So, so good. Is that, and that is exciting because you're like, man, Lord, you feel this way about that person. And you're like engaging with his heart, you're looking at his character, his patience, his long suffering. Like it just starts becoming more evident the more you see, hear it. So good. And I learned a difference between being a prophet and being prophetic. Whereas the prophets that we think of in the Old Testament were foretelling future events uh, for God's people. And being prophetic in today's world is lifting up your fellow believers and even non-believers. You can be prophetic to a non-believer too. Uh, and that you can, and if someone is, is prophesying to you, encouraging you about something that they see in you that the Lord wants to maybe bring out, that um, you know it's from God if it if it if it 
if it makes sense in the word. If the word supports what is being said. And if the word doesn't support what's being said, then maybe, you know, maybe it's not from God. So we have to discern. Yeah. We have to discern through the word primarily and um, to, to know whether, whether it is actually from God. No, absolutely. No, because I think we get influenced by people and our perspective and we start... Sorry, kind of get, again, like, it's not much, but, you know, again, like, if you're ever going on a hike, or if you're ever doing, like, a, there's this one time, and I hated it, it was the worst, probably the worst thing about Alert is a military Christian program I've ever done, besides the 24-hour hike. <laughs> that was not fun either. That was probably the second, oh, no, it was probably the second worst thing. So one day we had, we were put in the middle of nowhere, they gave us compass, they taught us how to use it, I still don't know how to use it really well. Um, they told you they had to get to a point. And you had to find a way to get there. It didn't matter what terrain, and you had to go around things. And, and it was amazing how being this far off really made a huge difference when you're going long distance. It was a whole day event. It was a whole day. You had to find it for a whole day. I was trying to get somewhere. Did not find it. Got lost. It was not great. Um, I was really grateful for the meal afterwards. Um, I was just really ready to be done. <laughs> I was like, this is just a long day. I had cuts all around, like just the thorns. I was in Texas. It was just awful. Texas is big in everything, including their thorns. So um, it was just not fun. But it's important that we keep in, like, again, we talk about plumb line, in his word, knowing his character. It's like, man, he said this. That doesn't sound quite like him. It sounds a little like a little bit spiritual, but not God. It doesn't sound like him at all. It's like, you know, because like we, we, that's what we're in the middle of right now. We're in the battle for spiritualism and God. It's so different and it seems so close. And we have so many friends. I have so many brothers and sisters in Christ that are kind of leaning that way and they go that way. I'm like, and then they all of a sudden, like down the road, it's not that long, but it's a few years down the road. I'm like, what happened to you? You used to be this. And then I saw a little bit of spiritualism sneak into your life and it ran way down here. And now here's where we are. We're way out of whack. You're not even talking about godly character anymore. It doesn't look like God. God does not operate the way you're talking. So just, so it was just, it's important that we prophesy from his character, reading his word and getting familiar with his heart. Um, but it sounds like we had some challenging things. I was going to, I'm just going through and I just kind of want to recap everything because it's been so good. You know, it's important. Why is it important that we prophesy? Do you guys know, like, what, what was important things? Like, because I remember it was important, like, she mentioned a few things, but like, I was just curious if you guys remember why it's important that we prophesy. Edification. Encouragement. Encouragement. I got a whole list here. I've got, you got two of them. That's some good. <laughs> I've got like, let's see, about five or six more. What's that? God thinks it's a great thing. He wants to speak. I didn't put that on there, so that's a new one. <laughs> Share your testimony. Yeah, it testifies. It testifies about Jesus and what he thinks about us. Like he's seeing us and he sees there's a different thing that's not there. And you're like, man... I mean, Michelle, when we first got married, she saw the man I was going to be, not the man I was at that point. I'm a lot different a few years down the road. Praise God you saw what God saw in me because I didn't see that. And that was definitely not that. So um, it it kept us together. (laughs) Um, No, but you're right. So it's to encourage, it's exhort, which is to inspire and, and to encourage 
to edify, to build up, to strengthen what is, and to lift up, to comfort, to testify or give witness about Jesus. Because again, when we do these things, when I, that was my favorite. Again, I'm one of those guys. I'm, I was one of those people when I heard the prophetic and I was going to get a word. It was like, it was a word. It was really a word. I was a skeptic. I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, right. I, I doubt it. I just was very, very, very skeptical. And I've never been experienced with this. It was when we first moved out to IHOP, I think. And I was like, great, this is what we're in for, this weird prophetic stuff, this weird speaking in tongues stuff, I don't know. And that was just my attitude, and man, praise God. But there were things that were weighing on my heart when I sat down in that room, and they start prophesying over me. They were, they were doing, they, I was the last one. They had two or three. I'm like, oh, that was nice. That sounded encouraging. But I could have taken those words and been encouraged by those. I could have been encouraged by those. That would have been nice. But then he got to me, and it was very personal. It was very much about Jesus' heart for me. And he's like, and he talked about my concerns. He talked to me. He's like, don't worry. It was from the Father's heart. He's like, don't worry. I'm taking care of things. I know that you're worried about your family. I know you're worried about this. I know you're worried about this. But here's what I'm going to say about you. You're okay. This is it. And it was just so building in it. And I was like, oh, he does speak to me. He does speak through people. This prophetic stuff is real. It was just no way. Again, like I, I'm very skeptical, but I was transformed when I heard that because I realized that God wants to talk with us. He wants to testify about his character, his love, his desires. He's drawing us in. And again, it's not for just the non-believer, and it's not just for the believer. It's for both. He's wanting to bring us together. And it's also important. So we want to grow in this because we want to, we want to learn this. It's a, we want to maintain the spirit. We don't want to quench the spirit, right? We talked about quenching the spirit. That was a challenging one. That was, that was hard to hear. But it's, there's, there's things that you shared, Lord, that were so important. We, we, we want to fan the flame of Holy Spirit. Like it says in 2 Timothy 1.6. I think it's here. Let's see here. I get this thing working here. Maybe not. Okay, it's on. Just double check it's on. Hey, H, do you mind clicking the next slide? I don't know if this thing's working or not. Oh, thank you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us, ooh, I went back. Now you're good. Gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Man, you've, got, you've heard those things, power, love, self-control. We don't have a spirit of fear, but we have a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. And the Holy I talked about, we have, I, I wrote down most of them. I don't know if I got all of them, Laura, but uh, the Holy Spirit is quenched. Quenched through corrupt talk, through bitterness, through wrath, unrepentant hearts, neglect in our relationship with Holy Spirit, neglecting the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When we, and, it's, it, it's, it's, and I wrote this down. I don't know if you said this or was like, man, but I, I feel like when we pull away from the transformative power of sanctification, when we're, when we're like, oh, I don't, I'm sorry, Holy Spirit, you're making me uncomfortable. I'm going to run away from this feeling. Like that Jonah's like, I'm sorry, I'm gone. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be pushed into something I'm not comfortable. He's like, no, press in because it is uncomfortable, but it's worth it. He wants to do so. But when we shrink away, when we pull back, when we're in disunity, when we're disobedience, when we're procrastinating, when we procrastinate obedience, we're like, I don't feel like doing it right now, God. I think someone else could do that. Someone else is better and more equipped for that stuff. Again, I don't think it's our desire. Is it your desire to quench the Spirit? No. Hold on. I want a wholehearted no right here. No. Is it our desire? Okay, no, good. Okay, I want to make sure we're like, I don't think we want to do that. Uh, no, we don't want to do that. We want to make sure we grow maturity in the Holy Spirit. So, and, and I just wrote some things down here. 
in the opposite spirit of corrupt talk, we want to speak life. When we're in bitterness, when we're walking in bitterness, in the opposite spirit, we want to walk in forgiveness, repentance, saying, God, I want to just let it all out. I want to, I want to walk in forgiveness. Instead of anger or wrath, we walk in grace. Instead of being unrepentant, we walk in mercy. Instead of neglecting our relationship with the Holy Spirit, we put into practice spiritual disciplines, which we've talked about before, but they're prayer, silence, and solitude, spending time listening to the Lord. Again, not going in there and singing a bunch and not listening. Like, that was nice. It would be the same way as if you hung out with your spouse and you're like, I'm going to keep talking, I'm going to keep talking, and then we're going to leave. Like, when did he get a chance or that person get a chance to say a word edgewise? That's a terrible relationship right there. It's like, it's not going to go. You're like, I had something to share. Could you sit down and listen for a minute? You know, <laughs> again, like, I'm a talker. Michelle, I'm a verbal processor. You're an, you're an internal processor. We have our ways of processing. But if we don't make space for one another, we're never going to hear from one another. And sometimes it's hard because like, I'm like, man, Michelle, could you bring me in on the verbal processing? <laughs> like, I want to hear more about your thoughts behind it versus the full idea. And again, for me, I have to slow down and think it through and pray and then bring it, present it to you. So just making sure we're taking time to connect with one another. But the same way we want to hear from the Lord, we want to read the word, we want to fast. Now we talked about fasting. Fasting isn't a one time a year. This is not a Man, I'm so glad I did that once in my life. Fasting is a continual process. Again, I'm rebuking myself right now because I want to and I need to and I know it's important to fast. But this is what he gives us. We don't neglect the relationship we put into practice hearing from him. Instead of neglecting the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we step out in faith and put into practice the gifts he's given us. Like in, you know, in the context of like, you know, life group, we had such a great opportunity. Who felt scared during life group to share a word? I mean, be honest. A little bit nervous. Is anybody nervous? Okay, Kathy's honest. <laughs> Just, <laughs> but a little bit nervous. I felt nervous thinking going there, and then I heard, I was like, man, Lord, what would I have been like if I had been there to do it? Because like, it is intimidating to like, okay, next person, next person, and not be me, but be like, Holy Spirit, move through me. That's intimidating. But you guys stepped out. Why? Was it, was it an easy audience where you guys weren't going to beat each other up if anything went wrong? You guys put into practice. You loved each other. You're like, okay, put into practice. This is a softball. This is a underhand throw. This is easy. And if you screw it up, guess what? We're going to say, oh, man, you were close, but no cigar. Like, you know, like, man, I love when you did this, but I think what happened here, I just hear this. And like, again, challenge each other. Be honest. But again, with grace, with love, building one another up and put into practice, again, the gifts of the Holy Spirit he's given you. And again, like uh, we talked about pulling away from the transformative power of sanctification from the Holy Spirit. We remain humble. We remain teachable. We remain hungry, repentant, having a meek heart. Saying, again, like this is what Jesus was like. He lived this out and he, made, he did no sin. Yet he was the meek one, the humble one, the teachable one. Everything the Father was saying he was doing, he was ready. And when we're talking about disunity, there's three more. Disunity, disobedience, and procrastination. Disunity, instead of being disunified, that comes from pride, right? It comes from all those things. But instead, we submit to one another. We esteem others above ourselves. We serve one another. We pray for those who hate you. Oh, that's hard. 
Because again, you're like, yeah, I could pray for some unfamiliar person I've never known that hates me. But when you start putting in faces, you're like, oh, that person. I have to pray for them. I have to bless those who curse you. Bless those who hate you and despitefully use you. That's a hard one, man. That, but when we start walking that, like it draws us into his heart, his heart, and you, it unifies it again. I can't promise you it's going to be easy, but man, the Lord, his burden is so much lighter than the weight of disunity. Disobedience, instead of that, obeying what Holy Spirit is prompting you to do right away, all the way in a joyful way. We talk about that with our kids. Like, but that's such a, it's such applicable. Like, Lord, am I really obedient right away? All the way? In a happy way? Am I, am I happy to do this every time? Like, he's like, I would like for you to do this. Ah, uh, are you sure? I'll do some of it. No, like, no, that's not obedience. Again, we talked to this. I, we got that from some of their parents. Like, we heard him say, you know, when you tell your kids, okay, when do we obey? Right away, all the way, happy way. Every time. I'm like, okay, just so you know, I'm pointing at where you weren't right away and you weren't all the way and you were definitely not in a happy way. You were pr- you're pouting, okay? Like, that was not, you're begrudging. You're like, okay, fine, God, I'll do it. It's like, well, that's not the spirit of what we want to be in obedience. We want to go, okay, Lord, I don't know. I'm a little nervous, but I will do it. I want to do this. And instead of procrastination, delayed obedience is still disobedience. God will do what he's going to do. But the thing is, he wants us to join him. He wants you to join him. You have a part to play. You have a part. Every one of us has a part to play in this. All right. We got through that list. I should have put this on here, really. That would have made it a little easier for you guys to read along with me. But here's the reality. God's desire is that we would have childlike faith stepping out, but he doesn't want us to act like a bunch of children. He wants us to have childlike faith. Does that make sense? Because I think what we like, oh, he wants us to be like children. He wants us to be goofy and silly. Like, no, he wants us to simply obey him, trust him, walk with him. Like, again, these kids are praying things that... They're praying things that we're not going to ask them to pray. Like, they're just going to pray it like it is. And we're like, wow, that was a big prayer. I didn't know you would pray for that. That's pretty cool. But that's what they want to do, simply believing that God is going to do what he's going to do. And simply like children, believing that God wants us to grow, maintaining that childlike trust, but we grow maturity and not lose that part that simply trusts God. All right. Man. There's just so much I wanted to cover today. I'm not even sure I'm going to be cover this all. This is so good. Because um, I, I don't think I've gotten into my notes yet. <laughs> I was just like, I wanted to hear how this was going to go. And I just wanted to hear from you guys. Um, but I think it's like, okay, so why, why was it important that we grow mature? Why do we need to grow in the prophetic? Why do we need to grow hearing from the Lord? What, what was some of your thoughts on that? To prophesy even more. To pro- prophesy even more? Why is it important that we grow mature? Like, so it would grow more and more? Is that what you're saying? I think the more you grow in it, the more you will prophesize to somebody. Yeah. So when you say grow maturity, what do you mean? Ooh, good. Oh. I'm going to go back because I wrote some stuff down and I forgot. <laughs> but grow maturity. Laura, that's a good question. What does it mean to grow maturity? Oh, man. Well, I'm going to read Hebrews 5.11. I'm going to talk more about that for a minute. 5.11 through 14. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though, by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. 
Okay, sounds this is this is this is a little challenging. I'm going to read through this again. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. He's talking about man, like because there are have have you who's had like um, an adult teenager. You've seen those adult teenagers, okay? I know a few of them. Um, I'm not saying any of yours, but I just know some people. Like They're like forever teenagers, and I'm like, you're 30, you're 40, you're 50. When is it going to change? You're like, man, Lord, grow up. But that's the reality. Now, we look at that and say, that's ridiculous. But how much more ridiculous do some of us look? Again, I'm, I'll accuse myself. I will never accuse any of you. I just, I see it in ourselves like, okay, Lord, we're still living in the elementary truths. We're still not quite, quite acquainted with things of heavier understanding, growing in this. Again, where we're growing in maturity, I, I talk about growing maturity to be quick to listen. Because you can't teach people to listen. You, okay, is, is it hard to listen? Is that something that's really hard to teach people to listen and not just listen, like, but to listen, to understand, to think it through, to respond accordingly? That's, I mean, that's a hard, that's an, that's a hard thing nowadays because you have, you know, Instagram and you have Facebook and you have quick, I'm saying it, but I'm not listening anymore. Uh, there's not much listening anymore. It's such a hard thing for us to listen to the Lord, though. This is where it gets tricky. Listen, being quick to listen to what he's saying at every time. Not when it's Sunday. Not when it's life group time. When you're at the grocery store, when you're on the drive, wherever you are, quick to listen. Okay, Lord, what are you saying here? Quick, meaning you need to be dialoguing with God. This is something we're trying to grow. He's like, I can't, I can't share this stuff with you because right now you guys still act like you need milk from someone. He's like, but the thing is, once you start understanding that you are, you can hear, you can understand because okay, you're like again, like Josie or Evelyn's moved on. Not Josie, I keep calling her Josie sometimes. So Lord help me with that. Evelyn is moving on beyond milk. It's crazy to see what happens because she's eager for the greater things. She's eager for the next things. Some people are satisfied always living the same way. Now, I'm not saying you're saying, God, you know, I never enough. And like, man, it's not being say, dissatisfied with who God is and dissatisfied with what God has to offer. But God has so much more to offer than what we ask for him. Would you agree? He has so much more in store for us than what we'll allow for him to do in our lives. That's why sometimes we say, okay, that was good enough. He's like, no, I've got more to say. We don't like being in his presence sometimes because sometimes in the uncomfortable silence, he might say something that convicts our hearts, that shapes and chisels at something and softens us and and molds us to his image. And you're like, oh, that's uncomfortable. Because again, clay being molded is not a gentle, always thing. It doesn't seem, sometimes it's kind of brutal, but it's moldable, it's intentional, it's moving. So he wants us to move beyond milk. But he's like, but the thing is, you don't realize I have meat from store for you. So when Josie's, or, you know, gosh, I did it again. Evelyn is looking around, and, you know, or, you know, you got, they're looking at, like, ooh, someone else has, what's that stuff? 
What's the next thing? What's this other thing? I'm not satisfied with milk anymore. Yeah, I'll, I'll still take the milk for a while, but I'm weaning myself. I'm like, I want something, the next thing. Eagerly desiring, eagerly excited about what God has in store for you. Not being content. Man, contentment in this age is not what God desired for us. Being content in his presence but he also, he wants us, it's, it's different. You know, does that make sense? I don't know. I'm, like, I'm still kind of walking around, like still trying to figure out what is maturity? What does it mean to grow in maturity? But when you see kids who are like, you have nothing to teach me. I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> have you had students like that where like you became unteachable because you stopped listening? You became stopped up. You put some reservation. Again, you have something to teach them, but are they willing to be Listening. That's the problem. So you're quick to listen and slow to speak. Shut up for a little bit and listen. Stop talking so much about what you know. What if you don't know anything? That was my favorite thing. Like, what if I didn't know everything? That was actually the transformative part of my life and our marriage. <laughs> I remember, like, I was like, I know everything about God. I know all this stuff. I'm done. I, he's taught me everything there is. And Michelle said, what if you don't know everything and just start over? She didn't say exactly that, but that was the point. It was like, what if you just read Matthew like you've never read it before? What if you just read through the Gospels and pretended you were trying to get to know this person who is unknowable and to, to the point, like, not unknowable, but we know him, but man, we don't know the fullness. We'll never understand the majesty and the greatness. We don't understand how many thoughts he has for us. That's why we label it with the minimal number of sand. I mean, God, it's got to be more than that. It's got to be so much more than that. We, have, we, ta- we, we limit him. We close him off. We, we box him in. But he's like, no, be teachable. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and then speak the truth in love. Which, again, when you, you, know, you have kids that say stuff, they say it immaturely, and then they say it with maturity. There's a difference. They say stuff, and then they say stuff. Same information, but in different contexts. If you speak the same thing in love, it's a different, it shows a maturity in where you've grown because you're like, okay, I can say, gosh, Mary Lou, your, your, your shirt is pink. Your shirt is pink. You're like, okay, yes, that's information. But man, oh, I'm going to speak the truth about your shirt. Your shirt is really nice and pink. I love how it compliments you, and you're just really sweet. I, love, I just love how it brings out your, just your cheeks. I just, you look wonderful. And you can speak the truth in love. Like, like, it is information, but the truth about who you are. Mary Lou, I love not only your shirt, but the way you present yourself, and you're calm, and you're loving, you're kind, you're gentle, your laughter. And like, you start speaking more about who you are as a person and the truth in love because I'm looking at you. I'm hearing from the Lord. Again, I love how Laura even gave that as an example. She was like, listen, like, I could say this, but I could also say this in love. I could say and draw it in. And it's like I could point out something where I can draw you in. It's, and so what we're trying to do is become good at that, quick to listen, slow to speak, and speak the truth of love, which means we need to be familiar with the truth, which is not us. God's word is truth, and speak that in love. It means we need to have it saturated. We need quick to listen. So I don't know, Lord, I went on about a bunch of things. I don't know if you had any more questions on that or thoughts on that. I love your thoughts. All right. <laughs> this is my thought. When I, when I was getting ready to, you know, I was writing those talks out, and I had my resources, but I was in the word, and the Lord was taking me on little side, little bunny trails, right, I like to call them. And what happened was I got, I got a new insights into the character of God and new insights into his heart that I hadn't seen before. 
And um, that was more precious to me than what I was teaching. Do you know what I mean? And so there was one time, I'm real familiar with these scriptures, and the one time I read it, it was from the point of view of I was comparing three different prophets. And then I went through, and there was he was showing me how the kings were acting. And so that was a leadership thing. And then uh, I went through, and um, a word stuck out to me. So then I did a word study, and a whole nother character of God came out. Do you know, it's just like... There was so much, same scriptures, but there was so much that came out of that because I kept going, huh? What? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I, did, I was like, oh, Lord, show me something. You know, it's like, if I go in the Word, He knows I'm looking. And so I know there's other people in here that are what I call diggers, you know, and that's what it was. But this is like, for me to come back around to the same scriptures over and over again, that was really cool because that... I'm not saying I'm mature and I've arrived, but that's meat. Whereas milk is, I read the scripture. Okay, that's great. You know, but the meat was the comparison. The meat was he highlighted a word and he took me all through the Bible. I was actually on the phone with Kathy and we went all through scripture on this one word. And it was amazing. And it was amazing for both of us. So that to me is the meat. Does that make sense? Was that a good example? That's a great example. I was actually like, that's so much clearer than what I was trying to say. <laughs> so, no, but it is. It's, it's um, Because I think we live so much in like what is presented like, Oh, I know the scripture, but I'm not. It's that revelation that's the meat. It's it's the deep transformative revelation. Like, I I love those moments where like, I feel like I kind of present a lot of the same scriptures to you, Mike. But like, but there's so much there. There's so much there. I'm like, there's so much revelation. And again, I I think he wants us to each have revelation. Again, like I don't know if we've all had revelation. Some of us have had deep, lasting revelation. Some of us have had. Man, we want that, but we want transformative revelation of who God is. And the hard part is being quick to listen. The hard, again, like just listening, which again is, is that hunger, the hunger and thirsting for what God has for us. It's, it's that desiring to say, God, I want more of what you have. I want what you have. I want to read. I'm hungry. I, and he's like, I'll fill you with that. I'll fill you with that. I'll give you. I'll give you encounter. I'll give you revelation. Man, oh, I want to talk about this, but I don't know if I have enough time. I'm only halfway through my notes. Okay, I don't want to run over time. So I'm just going to talk about the first point. Quick to listen. Get comfortable listening. He has things to share. I think that's something that was so, it's so challenging for me being a talker. <laughs> I have a hard time sitting and listening and just being still. It's uncomfortable. I'm like, you know, and some of us are like, I would love silence forever. <laughs> like, please let me just be alone. Um, no, but Lord wants us to learn to listen. That was something I think one of you guys shared. Like, it was, it's, and the, I forget who shared it, but like, I think it was Miranda, because like, no Friday night I was up with the kids. So I heard it was really good, but they were talking about the things they got, took away with. And one of them was like, I didn't realize that if you asked for the Lord, he would share that with you. Like, you know, you get like the words as you go along, but like to actively say, God, give me a word and he will. That was so unfamiliar to them. So just, but that's putting into practice of say, God, I'm expecting relationship out of this. I'm expecting conversation out of this because when I sit and I talk with you, I expect you to respond. Like you expect a relationship. Any person, that's his desire was to be in relationship with us. So of course he wants to speak. But the hard part is, will we listen? 
John 6, 68 through 69. I've read this a few times, but Simon Peter, um, oh, sorry, I think you're trying to help me out, and I was trying to help myself out, and we were competing. That's all right. Um, He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. This idea that the humility, the, the understanding, he's like, I understand one thing out of this. You are the Holy One, and I need your words. I have nowhere else. Even when they're uncomfortable, again, he talked about something uncomfortable. This is just moments after, I think it was like 70, or maybe it was 300. It was was several believers. They were challenged by a hard word, and they left. They said, this is too hard. This is too weird. This is too something. We can't deal with this. And this is after all the things he's done. This is after the ministry and And this is like, this was it. This was the deal breaker for them. This was hard. But Peter understood. He's like, no, we can't go anywhere else. You have the words. The disciples were getting that. They're coming to that reality that there was a desperate need for God's word. It requires humility to prophesy. It does. It requires us saying, I don't have it. You do. There's joy in that. There's joy in humility. It's not saying, oh, I have nothing in me. It's like, no, like, no, thank you, God. I have nothing. I have no words for this person, but you do, and I want them. So God, give me a word for this person. I need to come into humility and say, God, you have the words of life. You have the words of eternal life. Share me with, share something with me. The truth of the matter is God wants to do something in us and he wants to share his heart with us, but we have to be humble to receive. We have to be quick to listen. And First Peter, again, Peter would say this, in the same way you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders. All of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God, shows, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. The person who comes in humility and is saying, I want, again, clothed. That's when you get up in the morning and you put on your clothes. When you're putting on your clothes, I want that, that should be a practice for me. When I get up in the morning, I'm putting on the humility. I'm, all, I'm, I'm coming in humility. Because again, some of us can get up in the morning like first coffee, then humility. You know, like, <laughs> it's like hold on. <laughs> like we want to come and say, okay, God, first put on humility. God, I need it. I'm going to need humility today. I need it because I know when I put this on that I could walk with you. Because I know you want to show favor to me when I put myself in that place of humility. Again, James 4, 6. But he gives us more grace. I love that Laura shared this. This is with the grace part about like when we, this is why you guys felt comfortable on Friday and Sundays during life group doing the prophetic. Because there's grace. There's grace. You guys were humble. You guys were awkward. You guys screwed it up maybe a little bit. Maybe you tried your best and you're like, well, that was okay. I felt a little awkward. I felt like I was a toddler for a second there. But he's like, no, but there's grace for this. This is, this is awesome. Look at you go. You're going for it. There's grace. Go for it. Because that, again, God opposes the proud, right? But shows favor to the humble. He's like, I need you to get this. This is the revelation of humility. He's like, no, there's grace in humility. There's so much grace. And this is what we need. This is, this is what people need to see more of. A humble heart that is receptive to the Holy Spirit, that is walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm not really impressed with a lot of pastors. I just never really am. There's this, I love pastors, and I, I, I've got my speakers out there. But when I'm, I'm around some of these people, the ones that really mean something, that, the, the people that carry a lot of weight, and, and just like, whoa. I just have a love and a reverence for like how they love the Lord. 
They're the most humble people. They're the most tender and humble people. They're not the big people on the stage all the time. They're the people that are walking in humility. Again, I talk about John Bagelin. You'll never know who he is. But he's one of the most sweet, humble men of God that walks out his faith. And he's not a big platform person. But yet he seeks the Lord. I see the humility in his life. And it, it, it causes me to say, I know nothing about humility. I need to know more. We need people like that, brothers and sisters in Christ, who aren't boasting in their own abilities. We have too many of those people. They're too loud. They're out there. They're loud and proud. But we need people who are simply showing the way of hearing and listening to the Holy Spirit. I think of you guys, like there's a few people and you would say, oh, they hear from the Lord. But they're not up here, pastors. They're not loud. They're not proud. They're, they're, they're humble. Again, I know we have people here that you guys are thinking of. There's, there are people who are showing the way, but this is this desire. I want to hear, I want to see more of this. When I think of the, you know, parenting, parenting and the humility of parenting, showing that way, this is what we're calling it. Like, we need more mothers and fathers. We need people who are showing the way of humility. We need to steward that. Again, like, it's something that I, it's so hard for a lot of people. Again, like, my mom, I would say she was the most humble person I've ever known. So humble. She would lay her life down. And I was like, you know, because, you know, you wonder why. As a kid, you're always like, I don't understand how she does it. And then you pick on the negative things. You always hang on to the little things like, oh, mom. You know, there's those moments. Who's done that? We all have criticized our mothers. We love our mothers, but we've all criticized them. We have done that. We, we think things like, oh, that's just mom. And, and we see all the negative things, but we also appreciate the beautiful things, the patient things, the beautiful moments. And, and you're like, and I've, again, like I've read, I was sharing this morning, but I always wonder what was my mom was doing. How is my mom so patient? How did she keep going through this? How did she learn about long suffering? Because she suffered long with us. Twelve siblings, she suffered. <laughs> I will tell you, she suffered. But she never sacrificed her time of prayer with the Lord in the morning. That was the first thing she did in the morning. That was her clothing herself in humility, coming to the throne of grace, saying, God, I need you. That was humility. Realizing it wasn't the coffee that's going to get her going. It was the throne of grace that she could easily, because Jesus' blood, walk into because he wanted her there. He said, come on in. I'll clothe you. With, I'll clothe you. I'll clothe you with humility. I'll put it on for you. It's hard. This is not an easy thing. He wants us to walk in the way of him, and he's not a jerk. He's like, clothe yourselves in humility. No, I'll put it on sometimes for you. I'll clothe you in humility. I'll walk with you. We need more people like this, setting the tone, the unseen people. Again, you will not have a platform. You will not have a big stage. You may never get those things, but someone is watching you. Someone's seeing. I saw my mom. She does not know. It's kind of crazy. She passed away seven years ago. And I'm just thinking, I'm reading through these letters, and it's, it's so, I, I don't know how to explain it, because it's just so bizarre to read the hopes and dreams of your mom. And I can't talk with her about them. That's, that sucks. <laughs> you know, I love, I'd love to share more about like what I'm seeing, but I'm like, that week I was having prayers like that. That week I was having conversations like that. It was in my heart, 
and I felt for a moment it transcended something different. It was just, it was something so different. My mom and I were on a diff- the same plane together, parents together, praying together, same desires together. It was such a beautiful thing. And God brought us to that place, not because I'm like, I want to be just like my mom because my mom said she wanted to do this. No, my mom did this, and I never knew a lot of the things that she was doing. I never knew the heart's, the heart's desire. I never knew the hard things that she was dealing with. I didn't know any of these things, but I knew that I knew she was in there doing something with the Lord. And I know that was what she was setting as an example to see the Lord's face. And that's what we're looking for. Again, we don't need more pastors, preachers, and evangelists. We need people who are quick to listen, clothed in humility, ready to see and hear from the Lord. Say, God, what do you, you got to show me today so that way I can be of any use today? It's not about preparing yourselves to do things in your own strength. It's realizing, God, I can't do anything. Outside of you, I can do nothing. I need to be clothed in humility, seeking your face, listening to your heart. And then from there, I can do all things because you're going to strengthen me. That's the place. That's the humility. And Jesus is not opposing those who humble themselves. Right? He is, has so much grace. He gives grace. He, he blesses those who are humble. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, I'm finishing up here. But Matthew eleven twenty nine, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle. I am humble in heart, and I will find, you will find rest for your souls. And he's like, I will show you the way. I will, I'll, I'll walk with you on this. I'm gentle. I'm not harsh. And again, Psalm 25, 8 through 9. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. But we need to be quick to listen quick to hear his heart, quick to engage. And again, it takes practice. What Laura has started here, like what we've been talking about, the prophetic, what we've kicked, what you guys are all walking in. And we desire to keep walking because I don't want to stop, right? Who wants to stop this? Okay, hold on. Is there any, who wants to continue this? All right, we got a few people raising their hands. Who really wants to continue this? Like this is so important that we keep prophesying. Yes, because he desires that we would. Because he has so much to say through us because he is the Holy Spirit that is in us. He is the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks. I'm going to stop there because I I, I just want to focus on that. God, would you just teach us? I'm just going to pray. God, would you quicken our hearts to listen? God, it requires humility to hear from you because, God, it acknowledges the fact that we don't have it. But it also acknowledges the fact that, Holy Spirit, you're within us and you long to speak. You have longed to speak through us, to us, through us. And, God, we just need to be quick to listen. Father, you have so much to say. You have so many desires of your heart. You have hopes. You have things you're speaking to existence that are not there. That is <laughs> unbelievable to me. That there's things and people in my life and there's things about me and there's things about that I, 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 I see only what I see. And I think what I only think and I hear myself saying these things. And Father, I need to shut my mouth up and be quick to listen. Because God, you're saying a better word. 
You're singing a better word over people. You're declaring things, better things. You're declaring things that are not yet there. They're not here yet. But God, you are faithful. You who spoke creation into existence. You who molded us and shaped us into your image. God, wouldn't you do something new that you could speak life where there is no life, where you could speak identity where there has been broken identity, where you could speak hope where there is no hope and life where there's death. Lord, we just love you. We thank you that you can do all these things. You desire to do all these things. God, if we'd only just be quick to listen, quick to engage with your heart, ready to hear from you because God, we know, I want to know it in my knower again. Lord, I want to know it deep within me that you have longed to speak and that you want to use me. You want to use each one of us. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, help us to spend time this week being quick to listen, putting into practice, clothing ourselves in humility and sitting before your throne and just saying, God, just speak. Speak through your word. Speak to my heart. Give me words. Give me words to speak over my family over my spouse, over my friends, over my coworkers. Give me a word, God. How do you see them? Let me shut up my mouth and my thoughts. Let me be quick to listen to you. We love you, Lord. We just ask for your help. Lord, let us set our hearts to listen, to engage with you. And God, would you just get the glory every time? Glorify yourselves in our lives. Glorify yourself in our lives when we speak and when we sit. Glorify yourself in Jesus' name. Amen.